0: Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by our newest patrons, Laura, Katrina, Bethany, and Ashley. Join these awesome ladies and the rest of the patron gang in supporting the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman Podcast on Patreon. With your financial support of the world Woman podcast, you can ensure the stories that have either inspired you, motivated you to try something new on your farm, ranch, or homestead, or heck, even just made you a little misty, continue to be shared through your earbuds each and every week. Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com and learn more about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Rural Woman Podcast. Happy New Year to everyone. I am so excited to be back behind the microphone sharing the amazing stories of women in agriculture. This month of January, I know a lot of people are working on goals, have set New Year's resolutions, or have made a power word for the year. And I thought this month we can focus on some pretty inspiring and amazing ladies that are doing some pretty interesting and cool things on and off of their farms. I'm going to share interviews that will inspire you, whether that's physically, mentally, or in the sense of improving your farm business. If you want to start a podcast, a blog, whatever it is that you have going on that you just need that little extra push and that cheerleader cheering you on. These ladies are going to be your cheerleader, and as always, I'm your biggest cheerleader. I hope these episodes inspire you to get you into a new frame of mind if you aren't already there. So this week, you're going to hear from a pretty awesome lady. Renee Clark is a third-generation dairy farmer in southwest Wisconsin. She is now part owner of the farm she grew up on, along with her husband and seven other family members. Renee spends her mornings mixing feed for the cows while listening to podcasts and jamming to some Taylor Swift or Macklemore. When Renee isn't busy with her three little girls or feeding cows, she spends her time running. Renee has now completed 19 marathons, 19 in 19 different states. I just need to focus on the number 19. That's crazy. Her goal is to run a marathon in each and every state, finishing up in her home state of Wisconsin. You guys are going to love to hear Renee's story. She is definitely an amazing lady. Before we get to Renee's episode, we will go over our review of the week. This week's listener review comes from Mir Pow via Apple Podcast. This five-star rating and review is titled Love with a lot of exclamation marks. (laughs) I can't say enough good things about the podcast. Caitlin and all of the women that she interviewed are such an inspiration. They have me dreaming of leaving my full-time job and working on our hobby farm. I have been given so many ideas of things to try on the farm. My husband may kill me. They are always so positive and make you forget about real life while you're listening. Well, thank you so much for your kind rating and review. I don't think your husband will agree. Mine doesn't either. Sometimes with all of the amazing ideas that I come out of my office with every time I interview a woman, I walk out there and say, Justin, you're never going to believe what this amazing lady does on her farm, ranch, or homestead. (laughs) Basically, I just keep adding all of the great ideas to the very long growing list But regardless, thank you so much for your kind rating and review of the Role Woman podcast. If you guys are listening and loving the show, please make sure you leave a rating and review wherever you listen, and I will be sure to share your kind words on an upcoming episode of the show. One more thing to mention before I forget, which I almost did. (laughs) I have been doing so much work behind the scenes on the Patreon And updating the tiers and all of the things that I almost forgot to announce who the winner of the Royal Woman Podcast Patreon giveaway was. So you guys heard me mention many times before last year in 2020. That seems weird to say now, last year, 2020. But I had a Google Nest Mini to give away, and I did the draw from the eligible patrons of the Royal Woman Podcast, the patron gang, as I affectionately call them. And the winner was Haley E., so Haley, congratulations. You won the Google Nest Mini. Check your email inbox because I sent you an email. <laughs> congratulations again. And thank you again so much for everyone who is a patron of the Royal Woman Podcast and continues to support the show. Guys, we have so much goodness to get into this week. So let's get to it. Without further ado, my friends, here is Renee. Renee. Hi, Renee. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman Podcast today. I'm excited to learn all about you and to share your my wider audience.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I listen to hours worth of podcasts
0: every day. And this is the first time I've ever been a guest on one. So thank you. Hey, I'm excited for this. I always like it when people come on for their first podcast. And I always tell them it's just two girlfriends having a cup of coffee, chatting and... Don't ever, don't even think about the people that are listening to this,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> and I have, I just saw in your Instagram that you have a decaf, and I am an old lady like you too, and I have a cup of decaf with me right now. So.
0: <laughs> I am so happy to hear that.
1: <laughs> I've been trying to
0: trying to cut
1: out the calf caffeine a little this year, but don't get me wrong, I love my coffee still. Right. So.
0: It's really a problem for me. And I feel like as soon as I turned 30, it was just like downhill from there for me and my caffeine intake. <laughs> I know. I hear you. But this evening, like when I'm going to sleep, I'm going to have a lovely deep sleep instead of being awake from my caffeine. So I'm right there with you, girlfriend. <laughs> so Renee, for my listeners who are unfamiliar, us a little bit about who you are and where you're from.
1: Yeah. So my name is Renee and I am a third generation dairy farmer. I live in Southwest Wisconsin. I farm with my husband and then seven. So my brother and sister-in-law are part owners, my parents, my aunt and uncle, and then my cousin as well. And we milk about 2000 cows and my personal job every morning, I feed the cows. So when I said I listen to a lot of podcasts, I spend five hours First five hours of my day, every day in a loader, front end loader, in the feed up for the cows, listening to podcasts like this one. And I have three little girls ages eight, five, and four. So they spend a, especially this year with COVID, a lot of time on the farm. Yeah. And I, uh, I love running and my, uh, donation
0: Bentley and, Coffee too like you said (laughs) so many things so many things to love and to break down here so (laughs) so third generation a little bit about the history of the farm that you're currently on
1: yeah so my grandpa is the one that started the farm back in 1947 um he grew up on a farm but he him and his brother moved literally like five months you know to get away from home and they bought what we call the home farm, and that was like 300 acres. And the house that was there is where my dad grew up, and that's the house that we grew up, and that's where my brother and sister. But, yeah, this is the farm I grew up on. Um, When I was a kid, we had a stanchion barn, and we melt, you know, between like 50 and 60. And today we have a 50-stall rotary parlor, so the number of cows I melt when I was a kid, is how many can fit on our, our rotary parlor at one time now, which is kind of crazy. So we kind of evolved, we slowly progressed from stanchion the barn, then we built a parlor when I was paid. And we built our new barn. And we mo- moved into there in 2018, January of 2018. So we're going on three years now. And that was like a huge project for us because it was a completely new build. Thompson is like super hilly. It's like, it's referred to as the glacierless part of Wisconsin. So, no glaciers went through here. So, it's lots of rolling hills, which makes farming super interesting. So, where our old barn was, we couldn't add on anymore to there. So, we built a new barn, um, large freestall, and then with a rotary parlor. So, that was a big project and major upgrade and stuff. Um, Yeah, we re raised our calves up. You know, obviously heifers become milk cows, and then the bull calves we raise to market weight steers. And we, the majority of our crops, all of our corn and hay. And so, yeah, pretty busy with that.
0: A lot of things going on, no doubt. And that is a lot of family members involved in operation. So, seven people involved. Does everybody have kind of their own job in their own sector that they deal with?
1: Yeah. So that's. That's one thing that like really helps is everybody kind of has their different... My uncle and my cousin are both large animal vets, which is very helpful to have in family and as part owners. But then, yeah, everybody kind of has their different areas. So I do the feeding. My sister-in-law does the HR stuff. My mom does the accounting stuff. Ben does a lot of the mechanical stuff and like building stuff and like overseeing a lot of our sand separating system My brother does like the crop and machinery. So yeah, they're different areas, but they also obviously intertwine as
0: well. For sure. Well, and it's nice for everybody to kind of have their own thing that they're responsible for. And I feel like that way that there's maybe less toes stepped on uh, when it comes to such a big option.
1: Yes, I totally agree with that. That's probably where like the most issues within, I mean, any business, but especially families is when like somebody like starts encroaching on like your department, you're kind of like,
0: all right, like this. Right. Back off a little bit. Like I'm okay. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But it's nice also to have the family and the people there that can support you. So if you are behind in something or need help with something, obviously everybody's there to give a helping. Right. Yep. So growing up, was there anything that you thought I would rather be doing than farming? Like, did you think that you were going to grow up and move off of the farm or what was kind of your plan and your idea? Pretty
1: much thought I did <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was definitely that teenage girl that was like, get me off of here. I mean, I loved, I loved my childhood and I loved growing up on the farm, but I also, you know, I saw how everybody else got to like do things without having the burden of a business every minute of every day impacting their decisions. Yeah, and so I went away. I went to the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities, hours away for college, and I am I absolutely loved my time there. I love Minneapolis and the Twin Cities. I would never really want to live there post-college, but I loved that experience. For a semester in London when I was in college, and that was probably – one of the best experiences I ever had. But yeah, I definitely didn't think that I was going to come back to the farm until like the, the end of college. My husband and I met because he worked on my farm when he went, he went to UW-Plattville, which is the college here. And his college job was working on the farm. So that's how we met. And then we got married right after I was in college. So we kind of just made the decision like, To come back to the area and then eventually back to the farm.
0: That's what brought me back. That was going to be my next question: was how you met your husband and did he grow history, and is that why he went to college for it, or what's the story there?
1: Okay, yes. So I met my husband because he went to college here at UW Platteville, and his job, his college job, was on my family farm. He grew up on a farm in Northern Illinois. So he has that ag background and he always enjoyed, he kind of always envisioned himself having a farm. So it just, that's how we met. And then that's, that's how we, I ended up coming back to the farm. It's After college, we kind of made the decision to move to this area. Well, he was already here, but you know, it's Southwest Wisconsin's a pretty cool area to live in. It's gorgeous and
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a country song that was uh, made about the (laughs) meeting the farmer's daughter. That could just be, you know.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I heard that too. Um, And actually, that song came out the summer that we got married. The Uh summer before we got got married in the fall, and that song came out that summer. So So
0: sweet, definitely played a time or two. (laughs) You're probably (laughs) sick of hearing it by now, but (laughs) it's it's a good song. It's catchy. You can help support the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman podcast on Patreon. What is Patreon? It's a membership-based platform that helps fund and support creators like me to create and produce content like this that you all love. New to the Rural Woman podcast, Patreon is ad-free listening and patron-only bonus content and exclusive episodes. Learn more and join the patron gang today at patreon.com slash the rural woman podcast. So tell us more about the breed of cattle that you guys are milking. Brown Swiss isn't overly popular, I would think. Uh, You see a lot of Holstein farmers in Wisconsin, but why did you guys go with brown Swiss?
1: Well, so actually, I had said the brown Swiss thing. We only have a handful of brown Swiss. We oh, have really? the, the majority. <laughs> yeah, But the, the brown Swiss are easy for the kids to pick out because mm-hmm. they're different colored than um, the rest of the cows. We mainly have Holstein, and we have red and white Holsteins as well. But we do a lot of crossbreeding with beef for some of our cows. So a lot of our calves are, we've been doing like a Charlet cross. So those are these really pretty, like, gray they're super cute but the brown swiss in the barn there is that we only have there's about five that are cows baby calves brown swiss and my my oldest daughter she has named them all and the one the current favorites is her name is gingerbread house and then she had a baby named she named her Crumble. When a gingerbread house falls apart, it crumbles. I got so cute. You're you're really good at naming calves. Right? (laughs) But yeah, they, yeah. So whenever we go in there and they're always like, can we name a calf? And it's like, sure.
0: So there's like four named
1: sparkles or something. But.
0: That's so sweet. Well, and it's so fun, like to be bringing up the next generation on the same farm that you grew up on. So tell us more about your daughters and what they love the most about the farm and forward to as they grow older on the farm.
1: Yeah, it is interesting to raise your kids on the farm you grew up on. Granted, how the farm looks today is a lot different than when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, My job was to feed calves like after school and stuff. And we had a max of 14 calves. Uh, We could have 14 calves born in one day now. So things are a lot different. And when I was right outside of our house and now I just, I live, we live on the farm, but it's two miles from our milking barn. So it's definitely interesting. It's very interesting that I am the youngest of four kids. And my, the other three, I have three older brothers. So I only grew up with boys and now I have three girls and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the <laughs> dynamic. I never had a sister. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I mean, I totally understand girls, but like the sibling of having, you know, having th- three girls is something I did not have.
0: Right. I was around a lot of boys. I just think uh, growing up, I had a brother and I just look at the sibling dynamics now with my nephews and my niece, like they're so different. My niece, when she came out here to see the kittens, she was with them and she named them cupcake and sprinkles. And then when my nephews come out here, they just like, rough house with the kittens and with each other and all of the things. So I can I can see the differences of raising little boys and little girls and what that looks like on a farm. Yeah, it's funny. And
1: also my brother and sister in law that, that we farm with, they have three kids as well. And they they stagger our three. So it was like every year they had a kid, they had a kid, then we had a kid. And then the last two, our youngest daughter and their youngest, which is the only boy, they're only three weeks apart. So there's six kids, and they're all very close in age. So they, it's it's pretty cool to have their cousins so close in age to them, and close in location as well.
0: Yeah, that is so sweet. That is so great. So tell us what it's like, what it's been like during 2020 with having three all while trying to run your farm business and dealing with the COVID craziness.
1: Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting now that it's been so many months into it. It's kind of like if they have to pivot their school to virtual, it's kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. It's like, you're almost just so used to it. They obviously in March, they never went back for the rest of that school year. And now this fall well, they're four days a week, Wednesdays are virtual. Um, and so my husband's really been really good about like, He keeps, it's hard for me to have them right away in the morning with in the loader. I can have about one of them in there. And then in there, it's just very, not a lot of space, (laughs) but it's there. They, I don't know. You just kind of go with the flow and they, we have kind of made different. We have this play area right by, shed, which is where, and we've always had uh, a swing set there. And we actually have, we call it the snack shack. It's a trailer. It's for when we're in the fields harvesting. And we have like, but we have like a, it's a white enclosed trailer and it has a refrigerator and a microwave and like it's full of food during planting to harvest time. So like our employees can go in there and get food. But next to this layer is the swing set. We call it Camp Corona. And so they spent a lot of time there this summer. So they kind of play there and it's right by where I'm feeding. I have Said so after I go two miles down the road to our old milking barn and that's where we have heifers at and I feed down there and so I have like you know some days like three kids sitting behind me in the seat driving down to the barn and you not a lot of space but you just, you just kind of it's been fun having them around more especially at the ages that they are we're kind of past the baby stage our youngest is four so like I mean, they're kids. So it's fun. They're they're doing more adventuring and stuff, and it's just it is what it is, and it's just you go with it. So. Right.
0: Well, you just the word of the, I think twenty twenty has been pivot, so that's what I think everyone is doing, and especially parents and having to homeschool, teacher, and have a job and all of the things. So I just commend. All of the parents out there who have been absolute rock stars and all of the teachers who have also had to pivot and all of the things. So I'm just I'm always in awe of of the parents and the teachers and everything, especially during COVID. So
1: Yes. And like the other day, I had my oldest and she was on a Zoom call in the loader tractor with me. And her teacher goes, <laughs> are you in the tractor? She's like, oh. like, not a big deal to her that she's on a Zoom call with her class in a
0: tractor she's like yeah i am so fun and all of the other kids are probably jealous because they are probably sitting at the kitchen table
1: (laughs) yes definitely thankful for teachers big big uh, shout out to them
0: right well teachers and i think farmers had to do somewhat of pivoting like for us in the grain production side was kind of business as usual like the only thing that we really had to be concerned with in the beginning was if there was going to be a fuel shortage so we could seed our crops and then parts just taking forever to get here through the mail but other than that I feel like kind of live in social isolation for most of the year so it was kind of you know it is what it is
1: (laughs) yeah I would agree I would agree with that I'm kind of like I'm already in my loader away from people to begin with
0: yes totally You have heard me tell you all about the amazing benefits that come along with being a patron of the Rural Woman Podcast through Patreon. But I wanted to share with you a few testimonials from the patron gang themselves. Patron Bev and Sam from the Drink and Farm Podcast write, We love supporting the Rural Woman Podcast because farm stories matter. No matter how or why you farm, your story has the potential to inspire give new ideas, and bring a different perspective to another human. And those are the gifts that keep on giving. Our stories are what allow us to connect, celebrate, and grieve with each other, supporting that brings our hearts joy. Plus, we think Caitlin is pretty awesome. Join the ladies from the Drink and Farm podcast in supporting the stories of women in agriculture through the Real Woman podcast starting at $2 a month on Patreon. Visit wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. So Renee, I want to focus and talk a lot about what you kind of do for your spare time. I see here that you are a marathon runner. Times 1-9. one nine. That is a marathon. Tell us how you got into running and why you have ran nineteen marathons. Uh, yeah, it is a it is a
1: fair number of races. Let's see. Yeah, so how I got into running was like in middle school. Uh, I don't know, I was just like on the track team and stuff. And I've just always kind of liked running. My, one of my brothers, he, he's now a green beret in the army, but he was also, and he's definitely like one of the reasons why I started running, we're really close. And he was in cross country in high school. And so I joined cross country, which was a really great decision. He was a big influence. And then also my cross country coach in high school. Mr. Saras, he's like one of those coaches that like you just wish everybody had a chance to have a coach like that. Just like leave. He's so like inspirational and positive and just like made running fun instead of like a punishment. And he's just like, he's another reason why I liked it so much. But yeah, I just kept it up. I ran my, so my goal is run in every state. So I'm at 19, so I still have. I still have quite a few left, but I ran my first one. Like I said, I went to University of Minnesota. So my first one was uh, the Twin Cities Marathon. And then, yeah, you just got it going. And it's fun. It gives you good reasons to leave the farm. Like, sorry, I got to go this weekend. I've got a marathon planned in, you know, Alabama. I won't be here. So
0: the travel experiences. And I don't know. Little crazy, maybe I guess. I like it. I really. I'm so intrigued by people who for well, not force themselves. You said it was a marathon. <laughs> I personally, so I'm six feet tall. So for me, and it's funny. Like I've heard this stigma before. Like tall people can't actually run, and like that are six feet tall or taller that have ran longer or shorter distances or whatever but growing up like i was always told like tall people don't run and we can't run fast and all of the things but i think i ran i'm trying to think of my first 5k was in 2016 I think I'm looking, I actually have all of my little bibs on my wall beside my desk. So I'm trying to find the date on any of them. But I remember running my first K, my first 5K and being so invigorating. Like I did this, I accomplished this. Is this something that you still feel after every marathon? Uh, yeah,
1: it is. Even like on the, you know, races that are a little bit harder, it's still this jerk sense of accomplishment that you have. When you say the thing about the bibs, so my metal display is actually an old stanchion from our old barn. And then it's turned on its side and then my husband put like little hooks on it that I have to hang up my medals. But yeah, you still you get this high. And I remember in my very first marathon, I was at like mile like twenty two and I was just like there's high. And I was like Legit smiling, and I remember running, you know, the streets of St. Paul, and the people, like spectators, were like clapping, and I heard a couple of people say, "She's really happy." <laughs> and i like, <laughs> like, I guess I, I had high on that one." Some some races, not quite as much, but last fall, last October, I did. I'm still amazed that that I even did this, but I did my first back marathon. So. Two marathons in two states in two days. So when I finished, the first one was in Kansas City, Missouri, and then the next day was Des Moines, Iowa. And so when I finished that second one, I was I cannot believe I just did that. How did I even do that? I
0: have no idea. I don't know how you did it either. For the listeners who are listening that don't know how long a marathon is, can you tell us how many miles or kilometers a marathon is? So a marathon is 26.2 miles. That is the definitive distance. It drives me insane
1: when people are like, yeah, I have a marathon this weekend, and they're talking about like a 5K, and I'm like, there's a big difference. So that's, uh, (laughs) a marathon is always 26.2 miles. And then an ultra marathon is anything beyond that. They can be varied distances and stuff, but marathons are always 26.2 miles. Right? Have you done an ultra marathon? I have not. I honestly would really like to,
0: and so, someday I would like to, but I just I haven't yet. It's on my well, that's list. okay. That's okay. Nineteen marathons is still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I still got a ways to go, but I'm saving yes. uh, Wisconsin, uh, my home state, for the
0: last one. So I like that. That's great. So I don't know if you experience a lot of people when it comes to running or even being physically active to find motivation to do it. Where do you find your motivation to start running or run these miles?
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. Some days it's much more difficult to find the motivation than others. And it's not like every day I'm like, yeah, I love running. Some days it's like, hmm, don't really want to. But a big motivation for me, I have a race coming up. So if I don't actually log the miles and do the work, it's going to most likely come back to bite you during those 26 miles. So that's why I goal of having a race. Cause it gives me something to work towards versus just running to run. It gives me something to look forward to. Absolutely. Do you have race booked already? I do not. So 2020 has kind of been the last marathon I actually ran was in January in Alabama because every, not everything, but the majority, A lot canceled due to COVID. So I had two that I was like going to do this year and they both got canceled. And quite a few of the races for like 2021 are canceled. I kind of just took the year to, I've still been running some, but just obviously nowhere near what I was. But I kind of took the year as like, okay, I can kind of let my body have like a little bit of a break because in a typical year, I do probably like four races. And so I kind of, it was a good timing to kind of have a reset and a little bit of a break, but now I'm like, all right, it's been a while. I'm kind of
0: itching to to get out there again. Yeah, for sure. For the listeners, if anybody is like thinking that they want to get into marathon running or marathon training or any of the things, what is some advice that you could give them? Oh, man. Really take it, like, mile by mile, like, and
1: majorly listen to your body. Like, there are some runs that I've, like, cut short or just didn't do because it was, like, major sign that uh, you need to rest. So listening to your body, uh, it's overwhelming to be like, oh, I'm going to go run 26 miles. Or, you know, when you do your long runs, it's just me and backcountry roads for 20 miles. And that's oh, – you can, like – break things down mile by mile or like in smaller chunks. It's a lot more, it's a lot easier to, to think of it that way. Finding help great playlist helps. I run like completely by myself. Like I rarely ever run with another person. So you spend a lot of time with me. Like one thing I like about running is that I can kind of zone out and it's kind of, you know, for people say before, like running therapy and that is definitely true for me.
0: I was going to ask you, what's your favorite thing to listen to while you're running? Like what's your favorite playlist or what's your favorite artist or songs to run to?
1: Oh, I mean, I love Macklemore. Uh, he's good to listen to. I I kind of really like, uh, like rap <laughs> while running or like some song it's not necessarily the genre or something it's just like if the song is kind of like has like some major like passion to it like intent. like those are really good songs to run to and podcasts. I mean obviously this one but uh just things that I can kind of I don't have to really pay attention to I've tried to do audiobooks while running and I I just I can't can't handle that for some reason I can't I zone out too much while running to focus on a book.
0: I can agree with you on like the hardcore rap or anything like while running or working out. It's My husband will come downstairs into the basement where our gym is and he is like, what on earth are you listening to? Because I'm like, I listen to like Conway Twitty and (laughs) Loretta Lynn and everything in the kitchen. Then he comes downstairs and there's like Kanye or whatever playing blaring. He's just like, I don't understand you. I'm like, you gotta get into the zone, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I hear you on that one for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do your girls or have they ran with you at all? I know you said you run by yourself, but do do the girls show any interest in running with their mom?
1: Yeah. So actually, one of my favorite running memories from this year. Daughter Kendra. She so she turned eight in October, and i we signed up for this virtual she's super into baby yoda for some reason <laughs> loves baby yoda and there was a friend told me about a baby yoda theme virtual 5k you could do and so i asked her if she wanted to do it and she saw that you got a baby yoda medal and a baby yoda shirt and so she was like yeah and she's done um in platteville they have uh local 5k for the 4th of July and they have a kid's race. So she's done that a couple of times, but, uh, she, she wanted to do this 5k for, on her birthday. And I was like, and I kind of, kind of didn't stick to our training program super well or at all. And I was like, Oh man, I hope she can do this. And she be three miles from our house and she ran the entire three miles, and I've never been more proud in my whole life. I, I was we were almost back to our house and my like my parents and my sister-in-law and my cousin or were here at the finish line. We were almost there and I was like about to cry, like those mom proud tears, like oh my gosh, my baby is running the 5K. And she was just so excited and she so much energy. I was so envious of her. We just finished and she's like, okay, now what? And I'm <laughs> like, the next one? <laughs> <you? Wake
0: up. laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And I'm sure it's such like, you obviously hire her to do these things and see you doing this and taking care of yourself and running and all of the things. Like it's just obviously an inspiration to them. So good for you, mama.
1: Well, thank you. It's, it's cool to see you running as, Something that's positive, instead of you know, I remember gym class at elementary school where it was like we have to run a mile. That's like torture. I don't
0: right. want to do that. So it's good that they have. It's, it's cool to see them have this mindset. Yeah, that's great. So good. Well, I am excited to see you continue to run these marathons once everything gets back to somewhat normal in our in our new normal in twenty twenty one. Hopefully, year that. My final question for you today is, what is the most rewarding part about being a farmer for you?
1: Um. Let's see here. I think probably the most rewarding thing is, I'm definitely a person that I like to see the results. So, you know, every day I'm feeding these cows and it's like, you finish that task and you're like, you see the work that you did. I see the cows enjoying the food that I made them and ultimately that leads to produce. But you see you see a outcome from the job that you did. And I really enjoy, I really enjoy that aspect of it. I would say it's probably the biggest thing that I enjoy.
0: Well, that is a good thing to enjoy. And obviously by you feeding these healthy cows, you're producing delicious milk for you and your family and those in Wisconsin. And it's just, it's a good chain reaction. Thank you again so much for joining me on the podcast. For those listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online?
1: Yeah. So my, on Instagram, I'm at farmrunfarm. I really kind of took this year to not post a lot just with all the extra noise and stuff, but I will be back a lot more next year. I feel like posting running stuff and whatnot, but so Farm on Instagram, my Family Farms on Facebook is Keeler Farms Inc. on Facebook. So
0: you can check out what's happening there. You bet. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and be inspired to run their first or their 20th marathon.
1: (laughs) Yes. And if anybody, I mean, anybody ever has questions or race suggestions on places to go for my next marathon, they can always send me a
0: message. Thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reiner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at Farmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.